Hello, my loves, and welcome to another episode of All Things Empath. I'm your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and today we are exploring an absolutely essential topic for empaths, boundaries. Relationships are one of the areas empaths struggle with the most, and having poor to no boundaries at all is usually the big culprit. It definitely has been for me. And um, with boundaries, you know, there's so many different layers, there's so many different kinds, and a lot of really foundational work that is needed to be able to integrate boundaries as a way of life and have them feel more natural, more natural and accessible to us in the way that we relate to ourselves and to other people. So it is something that I teach in much greater depth and detail in my signature group mentorship program that's coming up next year. Actually, enrollment is opening in January of 2022. Um, So if you want to get on the wait list for that, I've linked uh, my website in the notes of this episode. But because boundaries are such a foundational skill and practice for the well-being of empaths, I wanted to create something here in the podcast that would be really helpful and accessible for y'all. So it's been over the last decade with consistent work that I've learned to have healthier boundaries. And much like healing in general, um, you know, boundaries aren't something that I can just leave unattended and assume they're, they're gonna be all good. Boundaries are kind of like fences. You need to know the where and the why of them, to actually then construct and build them, and then to mend them and firm them up as needed. And sometimes the where and why of having a fence will shift. And so you need to then take down the fence and rebuild it according to the new requirements. There are many different kinds of fences and many different needs for fences. The same is true for boundaries. You know, as very little kids, we don't really have boundaries. It's actually something that we learn from our family as we grow and as our brains develop. So when we start to perceive ourselves as having an identity that is individual and other than the identity of when uh, of the people and the things and animals that surround us. As empaths, we feel so deeply the emotion and energy of others ourselves that this was a lot harder for us to get as kids. And, um, you know, that, that sense of self and the boundaries that we need to learn in order to help cultivate that is something that empaths definitely need a crash course on. Um, you know, when I told my parents that I'm an empath and was explaining to them what that means, my dad was like, whoa, that makes so much sense. You know, he would always run crying from the room at even just the slightest hint that there might be violence on TV or in the movies because you just couldn't bear to watch anyone else get hurt. And, and that's a very common experience for empaths, you know, because we do feel it so much, um, that experience of others, as if we were experiencing it, um, it, it means that there can be kind of a, a natural, there is a natural tendency to having porous or non-existent boundaries and, and a bit of a poor sense of self sometimes as well. Empaths also struggle greatly with people pleasing, which continuously has us putting other people's needs ahead of our own, constantly adapting and shape shifting to be who and what we need to be in any given relationship or situation. So as 
to stay safe and not be rejected. Actually, I talk about this more extensively in uh, the podcast episode on the nervous system, if you're interested to learn more about people-pleasing and the nervous system of empaths. But altogether, this means that empaths tend to have a porous sense of self, and it can feel really confusing because often we aren't even sure what our needs and boundaries are, let alone how to communicate them or know when they're being disrespected. So there's a lot of work in the realm of self-love and self-awareness that will help support us in creating healthy boundaries. So if you're listening to this and thinking, you know, Laura Ann, I don't even know if I have poor boundaries. What are, what, what do poor boundaries look and feel like? Here's some questions for you to ask yourself. Do you often put your own needs behind those of others? Do you say yes, even when you want to say no? Do you self-sacrifice often for the sake of a relationship, whether it's family, intimate friend, or work? Do you feel resentful of other people not having taken on so much of the burden of responsibility as you have? Do you feel a lot of resentment in your relationships generally? In relationships, do you often find yourself being manipulated, feeling overwhelmed or trapped? Do you find yourself feeling constantly drained of energy when you have to interact with people? Do you strive to make everyone around you happy? Are you a people pleaser? So if you answered yes to more than a couple of those questions, then your boundaries could definitely use some love and attention. And the first step before even creating boundaries is feeling into why boundaries feel difficult or scary or confusing. And it really tends to come back to deep fear that, you know, if I set this boundary, then it'll be too much and they won't choose me. They won't love me. They won't stay with me. Fill in the blank. The fear is if I set a boundary, they won't love me. So you might try journaling or just reminiscing and exploring how far back you can remember feeling that way, or if any memories surface around that, that feeling from childhood or any um, specific instances that felt like that for you. So radical self-love and cultivating a greater sense of self-awareness are both vital parts of this process. Because in order to have healthy boundaries, we need to love ourselves and feel whole enough within ourselves not to, to completely rely on outside validation. And that is something, you know, that kind of goes into that realm of people pleasing as well, of getting that, that positive feedback and that validation from making other people happy that then we are worthy of love. So it's a bit like the chicken or the egg here, you know, loving and feeling whole within yourself helps you to create and maintain boundaries, but practicing setting boundaries also helps you to feel whole within yourself and to love yourself. So just get started wherever you are in your own self-love journey and your own healing journey, just knowing that it's something to be conscious of, right? You don't have to love yourself to set, you don't have to completely love yourself wholly and, and feel like oh, I'm healed to feel like you can set healthy boundaries. It's a process. It's a learning curve. You can totally start where you're at. 
deepening self-awareness and uh, knowing what our boundaries even need to be and how they might need to shift or change as we do situationally is another thing to keep in mind. So what does getting started with boundaries even look like? There are really three basic steps to boundaries. Create, communicate, and cultivate. And I'll go over this a little more generally and then get into more um, specific examples. So creating a boundary means figuring out the why of the boundary. Communicating the boundary at, it mo- at its most simple and basic is communicating to another what the boundary is and why it needs to be set. And there's some more on this with different kinds of boundaries also. Cultivating a boundary is the act of maintaining the boundary when it is tested, repeating that second step of communicate as often as needed, and cultivating the boundary also involves checking in with yourself about how the boundary feels over time. Is it being respected? Is it still needed in the same way? Has the why of the boundary shifted? Does it need to be reset? You know, creating new boundaries, it, it takes time, but it can totally be done with these three steps of create, communicate, cultivate. Uh, So at the start of the episode, I mentioned the fence analogy, and I think it can be really helpful also because fences aren't permanent structures. They can be moved, they can be built up, lowered, and knocked down as needed. And some fences feel more permanent and have an integral role to, to the safety of keeping things in or out, while others might be a testing ground or suit a specific need in that moment. So... When I think of this, it actually, it makes me think of some cows that I met recently. Um, I did a photo shoot and uh, the photographer had this destination in mind and there was a little trail to get there. And when we, when we got to it, what had been the last time she was there a few weeks ago, just an empty field was now a field full of cows and um, they're very sweet and they were actually being held in place temporarily by a piece of string. That was the fence. <laughs> it was just like these wooden sticks at an interval of like 12 feet apart, holding up just this one piece of string that was delineating you know, what the space was that these cows were allowed to be in. And it was enough of a barrier to communicate to the cows don't go past this. And, and that to me, that string fence is a perfect example of a boundary that served a specific purpose uh, for maybe a short amount of time that could easily be moved as it was needed. And I just mentioned this because setting boundaries, when we're first starting out with it and it's not something we're used to, it can feel terrifying. It can feel very intimidating and it's okay to start small. Give yourself permission just to start small if that feels like the right next step for you. You don't have to pick the biggest, toughest one to begin with. Just keep practicing, remembering, create, communicate, cultivate, and it will get easier and feel more natural with time. And maybe for you, the next right step is a big boundary that you feel is really vital for you to set as soon as possible. And you totally can. I know you can. If you aren't sure where to start, 
with creating boundaries or even where in your life you might need them the most? Try revisiting some of those questions I asked earlier. Do you often put your own needs behind those of others? Do you say yes, even when you want to say no? Do you self-sacrifice often for the sake of a relationship? Do you feel resentful? Do you feel a lot of resentment in your relationships generally? You know, in relationships, do you find yourself being manipulated or feeling overwhelmed or trapped? If yes, which one? Do you feel that you're constantly drained of energy when you have to interact with people? Are you a people pleaser? So as you're going through those questions, again, maybe you're hearing them and, and having certain relationships popping up into your mind, like, oh yeah, like with this person the other day when that happened and that's awesome, write it down. You know, those, um, those things that are popping up for you when I'm mentioning those questions, those are all little uh, signposts to, to help you figure out where the boundaries are that need to be created for yourself. And in general, resentment is a good indicator of a boundary that needs to be set. Um, you know, for example, I used to actually work way too much uh, back in the day, hands-on. When I first started as a massage therapist, I would I would go home just completely exhausted and almost completely burned out for being a massage therapist within the first year of doing the work because, um, you know, I was booking myself way too many sessions in a day. There was this fear that if I set my limit for clients a day to what actually felt right for me, that I would be, you know, disappointing management. I might get less opportunity for advancement, let down the team, appear not to be a team player, make it harder for clients that I love to schedule with me and get the help that they needed. I mean, you know, the list goes on. There was always an excuse for it, but really it boiled down to this deep fear that if I set a boundary and asked for what I needed, that I might be rejected as not good enough or not wanted. And over time, I really began to resent my managers because it felt like they were taking advantage of me, you know, which in hindsight, maybe there's an element of truth to that, but it was definitely true that I was not showing up for myself and setting a boundary where it was needed. So, you know, over time, years of experience as a therapist helped me to really know my worth as a healer and feel super grounded in that. And in addition to, you know, my personal healing journey, helping me to love myself more and more and just deepen my awareness of what my needs were and what my internal experience was. And so with time, I became much better at setting boundaries within my work. Um, which is actually can be surprisingly difficult even when you work for yourself. <laughs> even when I had my own practice, I had to, I had to work on, on setting boundaries for myself as well. So look for resentment pools in your relationships. They're a great place to find where boundary work is needed. Once you think you know that there's a boundary needed, where it is needed, again, get really clear in creating it. Why? Is this boundary needed? Why do I need it? How do I feel when it isn't there? How does it affect me not to have the boundary? How does it affect my energy, my mental and emotional health, my relationship? 
Just get super clear on why you need to create the boundary just for yourself so you can be super rooted into that and grounded in it. Now, after that, we've talked about, you know, it's create, communicate, cultivate. So now you've created it for yourself, you know, the why and the creation of the boundary. And now comes the really courageous bit, which is communicating your newly created boundary to other people. (laughs) Um, And I mentioned uh, earlier that there are many different types of boundaries. So there are energetic boundaries where this communication piece might be to my guides or to my higher self or to source. Um, There are also physical boundaries where the communication aspect could be as simple as me leaving the room. And then there's the more literal verbal communication where I'm telling someone else what my boundary is about. So communicating the boundary includes the what and the why. If verbally communicating, just keep in mind that you can still be honest about the why without having to give like 100% full disclosure of your why if it doesn't feel completely necessary. So, okay, verbally communicating a boundary. Here's an example from from my experience. Um, So my family gossips about itself. I think it's uh, something that many families do, but it, I don't know, maybe it's just something that I grew up with and so it was very normalized for me, but um, kind of the running joke that we have is that if you're not in the room, the family's talking about you. Anyway, so um, with family gossip, they're, they're automatically, there's a little bit of judgment, right? Or criticism or questioning life choices as, as if the ones who were discussing it have the right answers, if only the people they were talking about could or would hear them out. Eventually, uh, over time, I came to the realization that these conversations felt just really icky to me. They left me feeling drained of energy, feeling really ungrounded and even less close and loving with the people who were having these sort of gossip fests. And I realized I just didn't want to take part in it anymore. So the next time my mom went in to go to one of these little gossip sessions, I just politely stopped her and told her that I didn't feel comfortable talking about other people in our family like that when they weren't around that it made me feel bad and that I didn't think it was good for me and I didn't want to do it anymore. And uh, mama said, okay, it was sure it was a little awkward for a few minutes, but then we moved on. And, um, you know, in the coming weeks, there were, there were a few times where she might say something like, oh, I know you didn't want to talk about the family like this, but, and would make like she was going to share something. And that's when I cultivated the boundary which in this example was as simple as me agreeing with her actually yes you're right I don't feel comfortable talking about it thanks for remembering what else is going on what else can we talk about so maintaining and cultivating those boundaries is such an important step you know we're asking people often who've been in relationship with us in a certain way for a long time to change how they relate to us and with us so there, it's, it's normal. There's going to be an adjustment period and there may be some backsliding into old habits, which is why it's so important for us as the boundary creators to be the boundary cultivators. 
There are also energetic boundaries that we can set. Again, create, communicate, cultivate. Creating an energetic boundary, I still feel into why. Why is it important? It's good for me to be grounded in the why and intention is powerful. So rooting into the why of a boundary as I communicate it verbally to my guides or to source increases its energetic potency. And then cultivating the boundary, checking in and visualizing that boundary energetically that I've created, reconnecting myself with the why. I actually talk um, about a couple of different energetic boundaries that you can set in my holiday support episode of the podcast if you want some more specifics on how to set some for yourself. So sometimes even um, the boundary setting process can be on the fly and super quick, which is one of the reasons practicing create, cultivate, communicate while deepening your own self-awareness is so powerful because you'll start to tune in and to be more aware of when you need to create a boundary for yourself and in the moment. And that could even just look like leaving the room. Maybe maybe the why is that you're feeling overwhelmed and unable to verbally communicate and you need a moment to yourself to regulate your nervous system and regroup. Awesome. Do it. <laughs> if it feels socially awkward in that situation to just leave, you could even just excuse yourself to go to the bathroom. And once you've had a moment to yourself and done your straw breath or your whatever to help regulate the nervous system. I I talk about straw breath in the nervous system episode. Um, You may find that there is a boundary that you need to communicate. And now because you, you left and you gave yourself some physical space as a boundary, you're in a much more empowered place to verbally set this other boundary that needs to be set. Now, I do think in this episode, it's important to touch on how others might react to boundaries that you set with them and what are some red flags to look out for. So as I mentioned, it's it's pretty par for the course, pretty natural for there to be some initial resistance or confusion or lack of understanding around the boundary that you've set. Often when we're setting the boundary, it's shifting drastically the way in which the other person relates with us. And it can feel really disorienting and uncomfortable for them, even depending on the boundary um, and the, the why that you're communicating, it can feel like they've done something wrong and they need to get defensive about it. And, and there can be that kind of knee-jerk reaction. If that's something that happens, just remember, you are not responsible for their feelings. It might be a little awkward, and that's just how it goes sometimes in life. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. But you're doing the work. You have created the boundary for yourself, and you're grounded in your why. And it is important to you, which is why you're setting it. So just forge ahead and lean into the weird, (laughs) lean into the awkward and that discomfort because it will pass. And the more you do it, the the easier it will be, the easier it will become for you. But there is a difference between having that natural resistance or confusion that has paired with it a willingness to talk about it and accept that you setting this boundary is something you feel you need and respecting that versus 
getting totally defensive or even aggressive or shutting down and maybe even outright refusing to honor the boundary or trying to make the boundary seem silly or not important. Really watch out for this. It's a major red flag. And keep an eye out for if it's a kind of consistent reaction that you're getting with someone in setting boundaries in that relationship. And if it is something that's consistently happening in a relationship where you're working to set boundaries, then I invite you to really look at that relationship with compassionate honesty because there are likely other red flags that are pointing to you various toxic patterns that are present that need to be worked through. And if that's the case, ask yourself, am I the only person willing to show up and do the work? Or is the other person in this relationship also wanting to meet me here to do this work? Now that is a whole other episode. <laughs> like, there's a whole other episode I'm going to do on toxic relationships because as empaths, we are especially susceptible to them. It's one of the main areas of focus in my signature group mentorship program. So just remember if that sounds like an area that you need support in, just go to the uh, podcast episode notes here to see my wait list linked in the notes. So today I want to just close this episode on boundaries with a reminder that you are here listening to this because you want to grow and to heal. And just by the very act of showing up here, you are, you are doing it. Every single step you take, every little action you make towards healing creates momentum and makes a difference. It has an impact. Energy flows where attention goes. You are doing so well. And remember, you're also doing the best you can where you're at with what you've got. And I love you.